This month, we have understood that it's hard to unify when you're not unified within yourself. It's hard to unify as a group here at Fountainhead if each individual Christian doesn't have that unity within, that unity with God. Jesus wants us all to be one. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. And we, we learned last week in a sermon and in song that we must recognize and accept that there is one body, one spirit, one hope. That there is but one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And today... We must understand that when our individual families are united, well, that's a winning combination for the church. If our families are united, this will be of great benefit to the church and its mission to go into all the world. United families. You know what... What better topic could could we think of that each and every individual family here at Fountainhead to be united? God, through Jeremiah, if you'll turn to to the book of Jeremiah and maybe mark this in your Bible. God, through Jeremiah, he describes a a united family of the day. United in purpose, united in result. Read with me and notice this family in the the days of Jeremiah and how united they they really were. Jeremiah 7.17, God says, Do you not see what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? You remember that that Israel had been divided into two countries, Judah and Israel. Judah was also the name of the tribe that Jesus would come from. And Judah has as its capital for its country, Jerusalem, the holy city, where the temple was, the center of Jewish religion. The children, notice verse 18, the children gather wood. The fathers kindle the fire. And the women knead the dough. Isn't this a great picture of a of a family working together. Family united in in purpose. A family united in result. The children gather the wood. It's good to teach children to live and to work, isn't it? It's good that they know how to do things for themselves, isn't it? Notice the father. He takes that wood and he, he kindles the fire. He's a get-things-done kind of guy. Children gather the wood. Man makes the fire. And the woman uses all that labor to make cakes. I like cake. Hope you all have some cake tonight. They work together to make something. 
But why? Why? Why are they working together? Why does their life seem so unified? Notice. They, this this family, together, they gather wood, they kindle fire, they knead the dough, they make the cakes for who? The queen of heaven, who? And they pour out drink offerings to other gods. Notice what God says, to, and they provoke me to anger, says the one true God. This family was unified, but they were unified in doing something wrong. They were unified in doing something unrighteous. They gathered the wood and they kindled the fire and they baked the cakes for an ungodly purpose. Oh yes, they were unified. For their society, they were doing right. But to God, it was, it was terrible. And his, and his anger and His fury was going to be poured on them. His family had unified with the world. As families, we are to be in the world, but not of it. We need to be unified but not at God's expense. So many want close families. They have a zeal for a happy family, a harmonious family. Families that get along. So nice when families get along, isn't it? Mom and dad and 2.5 kids and the dog living in a pink house, vacations, pensions. Families today in the church, Fountainhead, are working together. They're working together for worldly things, working together for temporal projects. Working together for football and baseball and movies and TV and they work together at hobbies and vacations and so many do so at the expense of God's word and God's work. Using good things that God has given to worship idols and give credit to others besides God. As Christians, we must remember that Jesus didn't come to bring peace on earth. But peace between God and man, Romans 5 verse 1. Notice Jesus' own words, Matthew 10, 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his Father, you know, my father and I have a good relationship now. But when I didn't live right, I could see the disappointment in his face. Because he had made a commitment to God. 
And our family was divided because I didn't have a commitment. A daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Yes, we want strong families here at Fountainhead. We do. We want strong families here at Fountainhead. We need strong families here at Fountainhead, but not at God's expense. Not at the expense of His truth. Today I want to show you what a strong family consists of. Adults and children must be connected to God's bigger picture and be a winning combination for Christ in the world that we live in. A strong family is Christ-centered. Marriage between a believer and a non-believer, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 12 through 14, is sanctified, but it's not strong. Young people, life is hard. Life is hard. The world is hard. Marry somebody that doesn't believe as you do it just makes life a little harder it's not impossible the unbelieving spouse may be won over it's it's not impossible it happens all the time but my advice is to marry a Christian girls it's easier to be submissive 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1 Boys, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, it's easier to understand her if you're both Christians. Strong families who are mentioned in Scripture many times include the whole household. You look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. Peter preached to the whole household of, of Cornelius. And commanded all of them, everyone in the household, verse 48, to be baptized. You've heard of the family that prays together, stays together. I say the family that obeys together, stays together. The whole household, united in one, can be a force for God in this world. In Acts chapter 16, verse 32, the Philippian jailer, he took Paul and Silas home and he, he spoke, they spoke the word of the Lord to all their house, verse 35, and his whole family was baptized. A strong family is united in Christ. That's where truth, that's where true strength is to be found, is in Christ Jesus. Acts chapter 18, verse 8, Crispus and his whole household obeyed. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16, Paul baptized the whole household of Stephanus. These families show that a winning combination for the body and for the family is to be Christ-centered. Some of you are a family of one. 
Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong in being alone. Just make sure your family of one is Christ-centered. But if you are married, a strong family consists of a mom and dad who are committed. Mom and daddy have got to be committed to each other. J.K. Rowling, the author of the wildly popular Harry Potter books and video franchise, she said about her life that once rock bottom was her solid foundation. I like that. She found a solid foundation to build on and it was rock bottom. How about you? You ever hit rock bottom? There was no place to go but up. Relationships take commitment. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. I alluded to this in the, in the class this morning. It's often read at marriage ceremonies, rightly so. It says... Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. Your relationship will not be strong with three or more in it. There's nothing that the preacher can do. There's nothing that the elders can do or the deacons can do or that you can do if there's more than three in your relationship. A relationship is almost impossible to fix if there's active infidelity going on. Mom and dad must be Christ-centered and mom and dad must love each other more than anyone else. Mom and dad must love each other more than their, their mama and their daddy. Mom and dad must love each other more than their sisters and their brothers. Mom and dad must love each other more than their children if they're going to be committed to each other. Strong families have committed relationships and are a winning combination for the cause of Jesus Christ. But if your family is fractured, if your family is fractured, you, you, I'm talking to you and you know who you are. If your family is fractured with what's left of your family, it can be Christ-centered and it can be committed. And your family, you can concentrate on mutual love and respect for each other. Webster defines family as a group of individuals under one roof of common ancestry, of common stock, or of common affiliation. Under our one roofs, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25, husbands can love their wives... And wives can respect their husbands. Wives can, Titus 2 verse 4, love their own husbands and their children. Children must obey their parents. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. And fathers must not provoke their children to anger. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. To have strong families, we must 
concentrate on mutual love and mutual respect. The husband has mutual love and mutual respect for the wife. The wife has mutual love and mutual respect for her husband. The children have mutual love and respect for their parents and vice versa. To have, have strong families, we must concentrate on mutual love and respect. Those in our house, those who are family outside of our homes, family here in the church. We must love and respect each other and have a mutual responsibility. There's great strength in loving each other and respecting each other. We need to do things together but not at God's expense. To the families of Fountainhead, do not be a friend of the world. Next week, we'll unify these sermons, these these three sermons that we've had this month. We'll unify these sermons and show the winning combination that we need as a congregation to connect with, with God's picture for the church but you don't have to wait till next week to stop this struggle that's going on inside you you don't have to wait to next week to be united with Christ to be a part of a family a a Christ centered family committed to their relationship with the father concentrated on mutual love and respect for God and their brothers and sisters You can be a part of the unity that Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17, verse 23, when he said, I and them, you and me, that they may be perfect in one. And the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. Do you love Jesus? Do you love him enough to to obey him? John chapter 14, verse 15. Do you love Him enough to believe and be baptized as He said in Mark chapter 16, verse 16? Then be Christ-centered and committed to following Him and concentrate on loving and respecting God. Hey, you'll be loved in return. Come right now as together we stand and sing.